Radio Prague International, the external service of Czech Radio News. Czech politicians offer their condolences to the family of the Ukrainian Interior Minister. Conductor Jakub Hrusha wins the International Classical Music Award. And Krejčíková advances into the third round of the Australian Open. Czech Interior Minister Vitra Kushan has said that he will personally offer his condolences to the family of his Ukrainian counterpart, Denis Montastirsky, who died in a helicopter crash in the town of Brovary near Kiev on Wednesday. Arriving at a cabinet meeting, Mr. Rakushan said that the accident was a very personal matter for him, as he hadn't only had a business relationship with the Ukrainian minister, but also a personal one. Prime Minister Petr Fiala and Foreign Minister Jan Lepavsky have also expressed their condolences to the families of Mr. Montastirsky and other victims of the crash on social media. It is not yet clear what caused the helicopter to crash. Russia has not commented on the accident, and Ukrainian officials have not mentioned any Russian attacks in the area at the time of the tragedy. The lower house continued debating the vote of no confidence in the government of Petr Fiala on Wednesday morning. The motion was proposed by the opposition Anor party and debates began in the lower house on Tuesday. Around 50 MPs from the opposition and government are participating in the debate. Given that the ruling coalition has a solid majority in the lower chamber, it is almost certain to survive the no confidence vote. The government has approved payment for a special shipment of 100,000 packages of antibiotics from abroad. Health Minister Vlastimil Valek says this is the first import of half a million packages expected to arrive by the end of February. The medicines are from other EU countries and, according to the Health Minister, will not be significantly more expensive for the public health insurance system than drugs ordinarily supplied to Czechia. Firefighters in the Czech Republic responded to 20,790 fires last year, a roughly 30% increase on the year before. Forest fires and wildfires accounted for almost half of these, and their overall number has increased significantly. While in 2021 there were 3,588 forest and wildfires, last year there were almost three times as many. The head of the fire service, Vladimir Vulcek, blamed the increase in the number of fires on climatic conditions, as the winter was dry, followed by very warm weather in the summer months. Czech conductor Jakob Hrusha has won the International Classical Music Award in the Symphonic Music category, the ICMA announced on its website on Wednesday. The award was given for a CD featuring works by Austrian composers Hans Roth, Gustav Mahler and Anton Bruckner, performed by the Bamberg Symphony. The 41-year-old Czech conductor has led the orchestra since 2016. Czechia's two-time Wimbledon champion Petra Kvitová is out of the Australian Open after losing to Ukrainian Anhelina Kalinina 5-7-4-6 in the second round of the Grand Slam on Wednesday. Meanwhile, last year's quarter-finalist and number 20 seed Barbara Krejčíková beat her opponent Clara Burrell 6-4-6-1 and will face Kvitová's opponent Kalinina in the upcoming third round on Friday. Krejčíková is currently the highest-seeded Czech player still in the tournament. Finally, a quick look at the weather forecast. Thursday is predicted to be overcast, but no more snow or rain is expected. Daytime temperatures should range between minus 2 and plus 1 degrees Celsius. My name's Anna Fodor, and that's the end of the news. But stay tuned for a closer look at some of today's top stories. You are listening to Radio Prague International. I'm Daniela Lazarová. Coming up in today's program, Czech scientists have developed an inhalable drug that would help patients with COVID. 
Czech journalist Pavel Pecháček, who headed the Czechoslovak section of Radio Free Europe for many years, has died. And we'll take you to a newly opened light gallery in Prague. Later on, we'll hear an interview with Hanna Nepilová, a British classical music journalist with Czech roots, who combines bedtime stories for children with classical music. When I started to work on the Snow Queen, I thought, well, that's, that's my piece, that's the piece. Because it also has that sound of sleigh bells in it, which sounds a lot like the Snow Queen. More on that later. Stay with us. Czech scientists have developed a unique inhalable drug which could help patients with COVID. Until now, it has only been available in solid form and has been used to treat other diseases. The liquid form of the drug, which is administered through an inhaler, is now undergoing clinical trials. Ruth Frankova reports. The new drug developed by scientists from Charles University and Biosev Research Center is based on an active ingredient called basadoxifene, which is currently used to treat osteoporosis and other symptoms of menopause. Basadoxifene works on the principle of blocking interleukin-6, a protein molecule involved in the regulation of the immune response. The idea that it could be useful in the fight against COVID-19 occurred to Czech scientists immediately after the first outbreak of the pandemic in China. Already the first data suggested that interleukin-6 plays a major role in COVID, not only in activating the immune response of the organism, but also in promoting the onset and development of inflammation, explains biologist Jan Brabeck. The problem can arise when there is an exaggerated inflammatory response, known as a cytokine storm, which happens in various intense virus infections. In addition to the general idea that it would be effective to block interleukin-6 in the treatment of COVID, we came up with the idea that we could use basidoxifene, a drug that had already been approved. Milan Jakubec, a chemist from the Faculty of Medicine of Charles University, is the first scientist in the world to develop a liquid form of basidoxifene called Base X1. The application involves diluting this solution in a certain ratio with saline and then injecting it into a specific device called a nebulizer. It is capable of generating an aerosol that is then blown into the patient's pulmonary system. Martina Koziar-Vashakova from the Department of Pneumology at Prague's Tomajer Hospital, which cooperates on the research, says the new drug could be very effective in the treatment of the so-called acute respiratory distress. In such cases, the lungs are filled with non-functioning inflammatory tissue that cannot carry oxygen due to poor lung tissue healing. The molecule could be part of a treatment that would prevent the development of this severe disability. Biologist Jan Brabeck anticipates that the liquid inhalable form of basidoxifene could also be used to treat other viral infections. If there were a pandemic of another viral disease that manifested itself in a cytokine storm, it would be suitable. It could also advance the treatment of neurological diseases as well. 
clinical trials are currently underway at the University of California in the treatment of multiple sclerosis, and we expect it would also be effective in other diseases related to chronic inflammation, such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease. BASE-X1 is currently undergoing a second phase of testing, so it is too early to say whether and when it will be available to patients. Now we move on now to sad news. The Czech journalist and manager Pavel Pecháček has died in the United States at the age of 82. He joined the Czechoslovak section of Radio Free Europe after emigrating in the wake of the Soviet-led invasion and after a stint at Voice of America, later became head of the station. In Willoughby reports. Pavel Pecháček was born in Prague in July 1940 and said he remembered being brought to the Terezín ghetto during the war while still an infant. His father, Yaroslav Pechacek, had been interned there, as he recalled in an interview for Czech Radio. The Germans locked him up after an attempt at resistance that didn't go well. He spent almost the entire war in jail. After the war, Dad was working at government headquarters as the secretary of Monsignor Schramek. He found out that the communists were planning to lock him up again, so he and my mum ran away from the house and escaped from Czechoslovakia. But that didn't work out for us kids. Indeed, Pavel Pekacek remained in the country and became a sports reporter with Czechoslovak Radio in the year 1965. He remained there until, when he was in his mid-twenties, Soviet tanks rolled into the country in August 1968. The people at Czechoslovak Radio sent me out of the country, saying I should get away. They said that I'd be the first one thrown out, as my father was working for Radio Free Europe. And secondly, they said they'd get into trouble for hiring me in the first place, even to work in sport or later as a director. By this time, his father was the head of the Czechoslovak section of Radio Free Europe in Munich, in the then West Germany. However, Pechacek's first stint at Svobodna Evropa, as it was called in Czech, was relatively short, and he later moved to the other major U.S. Cold War broadcaster, Voice of America. I was my father's son, and nepotism was frowned upon. I had to leave after five years, when there were layoffs for budgetary reasons. But I did get to escape from my father's influence. Then I did an audition and got into Voice of America, where I became head of Czechoslovak Broadcasting in 1985. After joining Voice of America, he moved to the US with his family and obtained American citizenship in late 1974. In 1989, just before communism collapsed in the country, Pekacek returned to the Czechoslovak section of Radio Free Europe. He was president of the station until 1994, when Svobodna Evropa ceased to broadcast. He then moved to a newly created Czech radio station, also slightly confusingly called Radio Svobodna Evropa, where he was editor-in-chief. Pavel Pekacek, who died in hospital in North Carolina after a long illness, worked for a combined 41 years at U.S. Broadcasters Voice of America and Radio Free Europe. Of that time, he spent 35 years as either section director or president.
Now, a new sight in Prague. Prague's recently opened Lumia Gallery offers the largest audiovisual light exhibition of its kind in Central Europe, featuring various installations such as a mirror labyrinth or a kaleidoscopic cinema. Its creators promise that the interactive light exhibits that stretch over 800 square meters of space will provide a unique experience by confusing viewers' senses. Tom McEncrow has the story. Come play with lights. The newly opened gallery on Prague's Celetna Street tells its visitors, promising them a unique sensory experience. Its owner Philip Gotchik, who uses the pseudonym Fex, is one of the several artists behind the interactive light installations. The exhibition starts with a room that tries to bring about the feeling of infinity. It's filled with specially programmed lights and lots of mirrors. You get the feeling that you have an infinite view into all directions. We wanted people to feel like they were inside a space that has no barriers. Aside from effects, VJ and video artist Michal Škorpík, light engineer Slava Kardina and the digital artist known as Atisphere all contributed to the gallery's unique exhibits. They include a wall onto which visitors can draw pictures with torches. Each picture then lasts for about three minutes, says Fex, who is eager to show his own creation in one of the many rooms that are featured within the second floor of an otherwise historic-looking building near Prague's Old Town Square. Here I created a statue that I call Creature. It's made out of mesh for catching mosquitoes. It looks a bit like a prawn. I then layered various lights onto it to create a video mapping installation. The shades created by the shape of the sculpture also add to the overall picture. It's not just light that visitors can shape and play with at the exhibition. One of the installations features three projections made to look like plants whose branches create specific sounds when touched. Visitors can thus create melodies by interacting with these shapes. Have the most widely shared exhibit online is an eight-meter-long tunnel that features a large array of LED lights. Each of these lights can be programmed individually and thus create a wide range of unique pictures, says Fex. Shortly before entering another room, this time filled with several circular shapes. They are filled with elastic canvases, which visitors can touch and thus create sounds. The nature of the gallery allows for constant changes to the various installations featured inside. The owner of the spaces says that there are already plans to include more artists in the project, including young students from art schools. Lumia Gallery, or the Museum of Light, as it is sometimes referred to, is open daily to visitors of all ages, provided that they are not sensitive to light or have photosensitive epilepsy. A reminder that you're with Radio Prague International, the external service of Czech Radio, where it's now time for a very different bedtime story, courtesy of Hanna Nepilova, a British classical music journalist with Czech roots. Anna Fodor reports. 
Hannah Nepilova is a British classical music journalist with Czech roots who has written for Gramophone, The Times and BBC Music Magazine, among many other well-known publications. Her passion for classical music is something she wants to pass on to the next generation and so began a side project, putting together bedtime stories for children which are narrated and accompanied by pieces of classical music. Her latest, The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen, is set to music by Janáček, and she is planning more editions with Czech music or stories. Once upon a time, there was a wicked magician who had a wonderful magic mirror. I started by asking her where she got the idea for classical music bedtime stories in the first place. After I had, uh, well, my, my first kid, uh, my son Joshua, which was four years ago now, um, I, I thought I'd quite like to do something on mat leave, kind of mixing together music with with fairy tales. So I put on a few kind of live performances uh, where where I chose a fairy tale or a classic children's story and found pieces of classical music to insert at different points in it. And we got an actor and a pianist in a church and we, and we made it into a live performance for kids. Um, and we did a few of those, but then, of course, lockdown hit. Uh, and I thought, well, how can I kind of adapt this in a way... To, so that we can listen to it at, at home and so that kids can listen to it at home. Uh, and around that time, I got a Tony box for uh, for Josh, which is, I don't know if you've seen one of them, they're little kind of audio boxes and you get little figurines and place them on top and they play play a different story. So I thought maybe I could get one of those with, with classical music on it uh, for kids. But I looked in the catalogue and there was nothing. So I thought, well, maybe I'd better just make one myself. And so so I took some of those kids' stories that we'd been performing live and I mixed them with with pieces of classical music to bring out the drama at different points in the characters and made it into an audio file, which I'm then also into a YouTube video. And I've been playing it to, to, my, to my kids. I, I also had a daughter uh, a couple of years ago. So I play it to both of them. Uh, and that's my way of introducing them to, to fairy tales and also to classical music at the same time. Uh, and I'm just kind of carrying on carrying on like that. So your most recent one was The Snow Queen, which is a Danish fairy tale, but you chose to set it to music by Janáček. So why is that? Mm. Was there something about Janáček's music that you felt particularly lent itself to that story? Uh Yes, well, that piece of music in particular that I use is just the, um, the prelude to uh, Katya Kabanova. It's a piece that I've loved for years and years, ever since I first heard it at the Bruno Janacek Festival back in 2010, 8, 2008, I think. Um, and I've always thought of, I've always thought of snowy, bleak landscapes <laughs> whenever I hear that piece of music, even though that's not really what it's about. And, I just had that in the back of my mind. So when I when I started to work on the Snow Queen, I thought well, that's that's my piece. That's the piece because it also has that sound of sleigh bells in it, which sounds a lot like the Snow Queen sleigh, um, and it has something very kind of menacing about it as well. So I just thought it was the obvious piece to put to put in there. And you 
also included artwork by contemporary Czech artist Maria Predstikova, um, which was painted specifically for the Snow Queen. How did she get involved? Well, she is actually my aunt, Maria Predstikova. Aha. Yes, and she's based she's based in Prague. Uh, so obviously, I I know her work, and she does. She kind of uh, specializes in very fairy tale like uh, images, and she she does a lot of she puts together a lot of pictures of fairy tale figures. A lot of them are on the wall in my my parents' place in London, um, and uh, she's illustrated a lot of story books as well, and and has uh, drawn a whole series of. I don't even know how to describe them, the kind of menacing, monster-like creatures. So I sort of, I thought that she'd do a good job of the Snow Queen for me, obviously, as she's a very menacing, menacing figure from a fairy tale. Uh, so this is, that's how she got involved. You mentioned you're planning to cover some Czech fairy tales too, I believe. So do you have any particular ones in mind or are there any already in the pipeline? Yeah, there are a few I'm thinking of. I, I'm actually thinking the next one, next one I'll be working on is um, uh, The Three Golden Hairs. Um, I don't know if you if you know that one. It's basically, it, it takes the form of a journey by <clears throat> by a young charcoal burner's son who is sent off to collect three golden hairs from someone called Grandfather Know-It-All, um, in exchange for the hand of the king's daughter. So it's a little bit like the Odyssey. He goes off on this massive quest and then comes back with these three golden hairs, and I don't want to give too much else about it away. So that's the next one I'm thinking of, because there's I can already think of a lot of pieces I'd like to use. For example, uh, there's one point where uh, the young charcoal burner's son uh, is ridden across the sea by a ferryman so I thought I might bring in some of Voltava from that uh, by Smetana uh, so that's one piece that I'm thinking of and uh, I'm also thinking perhaps I'll uh, I'll also go for uh, the Golden Spinning Wheel which is by Erben uh, and also already has a piece of music attached which is the Golden Spinning Wheel by, by Dvorak um, and also one story that I was told when I was very small, which is Budulinek. Uh, so those are three that I'm thinking of at the moment. Um, and there's lots of scope for including Czech classical music in those as well. So you kind of alluded to it, but you haven't directly mentioned it. What's your Czech connection? Why do you have an interest in uh, Czech music and Czech fairy tales? Okay, so my parents, my my dad is Czech, my mum is Slovak, uh, and came over in 1968 uh, during the Prague Spring, uh, just as uh, the Russians were about to invade Prague, and uh, my mum got stuck. In the UK, she was working at Butlin's holiday camp in Bognor Regis. So she got stuck in the UK then, and my dad came to visit while he could still get across. Uh, so they've been here, obviously, for a very long time. Um, and uh, I was brought up 
I've been brought up here, but uh, after the Velvet Revolution in 1989, we, we frequently traveled to Czechoslovakia, as it was then. Uh, and my grandparents were then, obviously, my aunt and my uncle. So I grew, I grew up knowing quite a lot about my Czech heritage and, and, and feeling really kind of split between Czech and British culture. Um, and I speak Czech, even though I speak it with a very strong English accent, and I make all sorts of mistakes. Um, but, yeah, my Czech connection is something that's really important to me. Back to the uh, bedtime stories. How many more of them do you plan to do? Or are you just going to keep going as long as the spirit takes you? I want to just keep on going. I, I, yeah, I mean, I hope I'll still be, I'll be still doing them when I'm, you know, 60, 70. By then, hopefully, I'll have quite a collection there <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I do a few a year. I mean, I wanted, I, I really like to do fairy tales from all over the world. I'd like to do Czech ones, maybe some Slovak ones. Um, but but also, I'd, I'd quite like to do some from Scotland. I'd like to do more by Hans Christian Andersen. Really, and for me, it's quite it's quite a good way of discovering fairy tales for myself as I as I go along. Some of them I don't know. I didn't really know the Three Golden Hairs very much before before I decided to to do some more fairy tales from 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 the Czech Republic. So, so it was a good way for me of being able to discover it. And have you had heard any reactions from people who've either seen them live or watched the videos? Have you had, what's the feedback been like? It's been it's been it's been good. I mean, you know, people will say nice things to you, but it's I I've been sending them to a lot of uh, parents who are friends of mine, and, and they've been showing them to their children. And so that's been it's been really nice to hear because that was really the purpose of them to be able to introduce small kids to to classical music and to storytelling at the same time and and for me it's especially nice when i show them to my kids because you know they're not they're going to tell you if they hate something uh and yeah so i'll show i'll show one to to josh and he'll watch it and he'll just watch the whole way through and at the end i mean he might not say much about the artistic quality of it he'll probably say something like what's for dinner but just the fact that he watches it is is really gratifying in itself because he would tell me for sure if he was bored As they rode back to their city, the sun came out, and by the time they reached their home, the snow on the ground was beginning to melt. Grandmother was sitting, knitting a scarf in her old armchair. Well, that almost put me to sleep. Hannah Nebilova there, a British classical music journalist, and she was interviewed by Anna Fodor. And that interview has brought us to the end of today's programme from Prague. You'll find us at radio.cz. Should you like to contact us, then our email address is english at radio.cz. We'll be happy to hear from you, as always. And remember, you can follow Radio Prague on Facebook and Twitter as well. This is Daniel Azarová saying thanks for joining us today and take care.